Hello and welcome to the Landscape Library podcast. My name is Alan Sargent and I run the Landscape Library. I left off the end of the last session titled New Builds, Creating a Niche Market and will start the second part of this subject by calling this section New Builds, Working on Site. Although they're both standalone podcasts, the second part is a natural continuation, moving away from the client stroke designer matters and onto the practical elements of moving on to the actual site. Now, however you as the garden designer become involved with the client, they will need to be appraised of the requirements of the Construction Design Management Regulations 2015. Now, explaining the requirements is not an easy thing to do, and I suggest you use articles produced by the Association of Professional Landscapers or those that may be found in a landscape library, which clearly explain the necessity of a CDM plan to be drawn up as soon as possible. Essentially, the homeowner or client is responsible, in law, for all matters of health and safety on their property. But once you become involved as a principal designer, this responsibility will fall to you automatically. Though I recommend the customer is made aware of your role. And this is in case they decide to limit your services to a certain point and then take over the project thereafter. Perhaps it may be something you should consider setting out for your own practice, setting out the way a CDM plan should work, responsibilities and duties on everybody concerned at each stage. And don't forget that the housing developer will also be working under the CDM regs and will, at some stage, have to hand over the house package to the owners. And this may be something you could help them to understand and ensure that everything is in accordance with that plan. Obviously, this is a charge service, perhaps on an hourly rate. Now, depending on the circumstances and style of property, you'll need to have sight of the developer CDM package as this will include important matters such as outdoor lighting cables, drain runs, gas inlets, water pipes and services to both front and rear of the house plus any feeds running into garages or outbuildings. Of particular interest may be the construction and style of the internal floor especially in close proximity to the patio doors or bifold doors to ensure that any plans you may draw up to allow any, any requests for the same level interior stroke exterior paving schemes. And you will require a copy of those floor plans together with details of the bifold door construction in respect of thermal barriers and water ingress security. You should also request a copy of the site plans in respect of the plot, including front and rear gardens, including drainage points, drain runs and soakaways, together with their capacity. Although these documents are valuable, you should not treat them as being accurate, and very often site boundaries are altered during construction for any number of reasons. Now you may choose to use these plans as a guide, but I recommend that you rely on your own surveys. If you have not had the privilege of seeing site drawings and plans etc, you'll need to conduct a full inventory of the site as you see it at the time of your visit. Now this visit must be recorded in writing, endorsed with photographs, showing as much information as possible. I suggest you use a standardised form of site survey and logistics templation template to ensure that you have not missed anything. By using a standard form you can demonstrate at a later stage, should the need arise, that you have followed due protocol. This inventory should start outside the site, from the approach road and into the site. Note all overhead cables, tight turning circles, weight restrictions and anything else coming into the site. The driveway stroke car park any manhole inspection covers, note their weight bearing. 
parking available on-road, stroke off-road, type of surface material, resin-bound, tarmac, block paving, any damage, any alarm bells regarding thickness or stability. Make a full and detailed photographic record of the whole site, including front verges, etc. Note condition of walls, fences, neighbours' fences and walls, chain-link fences, and note all and any damage, no matter how small. Take pictures of the house walls, including downstairs windows, and look for any paint chips, brick chips, scrapes, anything that could be blamed on the landscape contractor at a later date. Now bear in mind the developer will have a snagging list. All they're interested in is getting paid, handing over the keys and leaving site. So a snagging list will be drawn up by the builders for action over a given period of time. Now you do not want to be held liable for damage that existed before you arrived on site. Now a copy of your report will form part of your CDM handover package once a principal contractor has been appointed. The contractor should make their own records to protect yourself as much as possible at all times with photographs and time-dated contemporaneous records. Now check all downpipes are connected to their appropriate drains. Often the ground workers install the drains before the houses are oversight with no walls constructed because once fitted the gutters and downpipes may not match in alignment. Downpipe comes down the wall but doesn't actually match up with the, uh, with the drain beneath. Check all ACO channels and drains. Simply because they're installed they may not be properly fitted nor have any drainage holes in their bases or be sealed at both ends. Just because they're superficially installed they'll be of no use at all unless they're connected to drains. Note to the condition of the site. Can you identify where the cement mixer was, pl was placed? This area will probably be compacted and may have a high alkali content where cement bags were broken. Oil tanks or gas tanks. Check the location of probable pipe runs. Electrical sockets. Condition and capacity. Note, they may be low wattage and suitable for pressure washers, etc. 3 amp, not 13 amp. Soil conditions, depth and quantity. Tree roots, stroke existing trees and their condition. Bark, stroke root damage. Debris noted in the ground, bricks, plasterboard, tiles, etc. And probe any suspect areas that arrange site ranging pole or similar spear-like pole to check for debris and compacted ground. Pay special attention to those areas where you'll be designing features, especially bifold doors. And please remember that any scratch at all, no matter how slight, may affect the warranty terms of the doors. <clears throat> I currently have one court case where the owner is suing a landscaper for £15,000 for damage caused by scratching the powder coating on the frame. This affects the warranty. We have discussed thresholds and checking the internal floor construction. Your cross-sectional drawings for the patio door, external stroke, internal paving features rely heavily on your interpretations of those plans. And don't be afraid to double-check your plans in this area with the site architect. They will welcome your assiduity. Site drainage plans are shown in the developer's drawings and your own survey. Check all drain runs, bearing in mind the pipes will be surrounded by shingle, which is liable to settle under pressure. Make notes on these runs when planning hard surfaces or footpaths with rigid edges, including metal leverage types, as they will be liable to subside where the drain runs through. Drainage pipe runs covered in shingle can take water off-site, it can also bring water into the garden. You need to recognise the potential for flooding, depending on the site falls and neighbouring garden. 
Check the depth of topsoil. Should be 150 mil. Anything less should be reported to the site site agent or to the client first. Check the pH of the soil. Establish the type of plants that will thrive in it. The final checks. As part of your CDM plan, it's advisable to check with the builder if they've handed over the site to the owner. If they still have works to complete, you need to establish clearly and in writing the nature of those works in case of other trades entering the site, by which time they'll be under your jurisdiction reference CDM, and they'll be demanding access to areas that you wish to control. Now, these late-on-parade trades could be painters, window cleaners, site snaggers, glaziers, painters, tilers, fencing contractors, etc. You must have this information as you're in charge under CDM, as once the site's been handed over, their old rights of entry are suspended. Do not put yourself in a position where you have responsibility without authority. This is why CDM is such a useful tool. If you do not flag up any issues in writing that later develop into claims, you should ensure that you have followed strict protocol and do nothing to jeopardise the warranty works that fall under the developer's responsibilities. Otherwise they may make a claim against your practice even years later. Protect yourself at all times with CDM, written records and photographs. And bear in mind when you hand over the site to the landscape contractor, you'll need to reassign the CDM responsibilities to them as principal contractors. Or in the case of divine and build landscapers, you need a change of site emphasis to ensure you've covered your back by fulfilling your obligations to the client. This is emphatically not project management. As a principal designer, you should not be held responsible for things outside of your control, but in the case of a new build project, you'll need to ensure that you cannot be held liable for any future problems that are bound to arise under any warranty issues that would fall outside of your normal responsibilities by allowing the developer to put the blame on you. To conclude both podcasts on new builds as a garden design niche market opportunity, I would advise looking at the problems of dealing with a barren plot of land with all manner of pitfalls including potential subsidence, unknown condition of the site below a few inches of topsoil, and with no natural feedback from the site regarding existing plant growth or any other garden feature as a science all of its own. Working in established gardens, you automatically get a feel for the site, what works and what doesn't, and whether you're aware of that information or not. Some plants thriving, others struggling. Some areas of soft ground, some like to be hard through historical use. But with new builds, everything is unknown. So protect yourself with diligent paperwork at all times. The next two podcasts due out at the end of May will be designer stroke client breakdowns and managing client expectations. I'll be introducing variation orders and sunset clauses to manage your contracts to your advantage. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.